My barber said you're a brave soul. Oh, well, thank you, Dave. You're a barber. Yeah. He also said, This is an asshole country. It turned out to be an asshole country. That's what's wrong with this country. <laughs> it's all assholes. I'm like, all right. Was your barber watching Spaceballs at the time he was cutting your hair? Because no. that doesn't seem... That's just what he always says. That doesn't seem logically sound to me. My weird barber. <laughs> I ain't exaggerating. I'm I was, sure he's not. I'm stunned. I was stunned. I can't believe it. It's an asshole country. It's an asshole country. <laughs> well, Donald Trump is running for president, so... edition of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Joining me this week, my partner in Terminatrix crime, Bartholomew Devon. That seemed a little too obvious. Yeah, I know, but I, every t- chance I get to say to use the word Terminatrix, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Okay. Uh, also joining us remotely, via the interwebs... Uh, Actually, via Skynet. I was going to say, Skynet, Skynet. Uh, The Long Lost... Uh, Jeff Schwartz. Hey, buddy. Hey. Nice to I'm see you, I'm not long lost. I've been off, like, one week. No, yeah, but you are long away. You are literally am... far away from us. So. Yes, I am. I am in Colorado. Indeed. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to have you back. It's um, lovely to be back. Today we're talking Terminator 3, uh, which, you know, Bart and I have long held <laughs> as our sort of sneaky favorite of the Terminator movies. It still um, might be. I was going to say, with the caveat that, like, we saw this once in theaters when it came out in 2003. It's not and good. haven't seen it since before, just right now. No, I think we have. I mean, I have I haven't. I haven't seen it since the theater. I have a burn of this somewhere. Really? Yeah, I think it was one of the, from the early days of Netflix. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I never, I hadn't seen it since the theater. And, I mean, I just remember you and I seeing it in the theater and just losing our, losing our ever-loving shit over it. Just... Being absolutely beside ourselves. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But it's nice to revisit a movie every 12 years or so. Yeah. So so that's what we've done. Um, So, you know, I know mine of Bart's history. Jeff, what's your... Give me me, me some backstory. How many times have you seen this? Have you seen this? Well, so I've never seen this movie. So it is forever associated with um, uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien, which I was obsessed with at the time. Yeah. And uh, Conan would do his his shouty uh, Schwarzenegger impression, which was pretty much just, you know, rise of the machines. Like, that's what it sounded <laughs> like, pretty much. So that's that's what I uh, associate yeah. with this. Um, so I never saw it because I loved the first two Terminator movies, and it felt like this had nothing to do with it. And so I, I didn't, and Cameron wasn't involved, so I was like, fuck it, I want nothing to do with it. I think I was right. And I will not be <laughs> joining not, you with Terminator 4. Yeah, you should not. Uh, that's the one I will not defend. I mean, uh, I mean, we're gonna watch it, but like, I mostly out of curiosity because I've only seen it the one time. But I have, do not have any fond memories of uh, of that one. This one, though, this one's got some moments this, that I kind of adore. This one has some sneaky, charming appeal. Yeah, I mean, now for very uh, specific reasons. Jeff, I will give you. Uh, I will totally grant you that. Like, I think your approach is 
like a thousand percent valid, you know. In a lot of ways, this feels like the ugly redheaded stepchild of the Terminator franchise. It because has Nick Stahl in it. I know. Uh, it's not a good place to start. No, there's no James Cameron. Well, look, I mean, it's hard. He is, he's living up to the legacy of Eddie Furlong, you know? He doesn't have a huge bar to clear there. Oh, yeah. but I think at least Eddie Furlong, like, there's something to me, I know you don't like him that much, but there's something to me that's, like, weirdly endearing about how awkward he is, <laughs> about his fine readings and, yeah. and his squeaky voice. It's the like, he seems, he seems unaffected in a way, yeah. whereas, like, Nick Stahl is just, I am saving the world. Like, he belongs in, like, a modern sort of gloomy, like, DC blockbuster. I like, know, that's, right? that's, that's his sort of shtick, and I... Oh, so, yeah, Green I would, Lantern. Nick Stahl would be a great Green not, Lantern. Not seen that one, so... Yeah, uh, you um, dodged a bullet there, too. Um, yeah. yeah I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this last week on the T2 podcast. Yeah. That, you know, the, the, the backstory, the legacy of, of why Eddie Furlong is an actor, which is that James Cameron found him in an arcade. You know, they were having trouble casting that part, and he saw him in an arcade and was like, no, that's, like, that's the look, that's the guy I want, and brought him in and read him and was like, yeah, I'm casting him. And so... And, like, not only that, but uh, I remember reading uh, T2, uh, I noticed in the credits, his cast was cast by Mally Finn. Mally Finn was, like, a legendary yeah. uh, casting director for years. I think she passed away a couple years ago. Um, but she was, like, she was a legacy. And when I say legacy, I mean, like, ironically, or perhaps appropriately, she was kind of terrified of technology. You know, like, as, as the casting process became largely, like, uh, electronic and, like, an online thing, you just have digital headshots and you would submit on a website, like, she never used any of that stuff. Her office was literally filled with stacks of paper headshots. And, like, if you ever sent her a headshot, she kept it. She had headshots of everyone and their mother. It was insane. Uh, so I have to imagine, like, that woman who was, like, so fastidious about, like, knowing who everybody is and, like, having this big crazy system. And then James Cameron being like, no, fuck it, I found this kid in an arcade. I'm gonna, it's going to be the star of the movie. I can only imagine her, like, blowing a goddamn gasket at that. But then Cameron would just blow a gasket right back at her, and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's a, it's, it sort of cancels each other out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so, so, yeah, so, like I said, there's no, there's no Cameron this time around. We are instead left with... Uh, Jonathan Mostow, who... <laughs> he is that funky man. That funky man, Jonathan Jeff, Mostow. Jeff, did you notice... Okay, well, did you see... Oh, I wonder if you had the featurette. Did you have bloopers? Yeah, did you... How did you encounter this movie? Did you, like, rent a DVD or something? Or Yeah, I got it from the library. Okay. Uh, did you have, like, extra features or anything like that? By the time this movie was over, I wanted nothing to do with it, so I just turned it off and went to bed. Okay, oh. okay, so there are two, do you still have it with you? Like, I you do, yes, it? Okay. I do. So, do yourself a favor, see if there are special features, because there are two things, like deleted scenes, there are two things that you need to witness. They will in- increase your, ex- your enjoyment of this movie exponentially. They really will. Uh, the first is called the Sergeant Candy scene, um, and I don't want to ruin the joke for you, but I'm going to you know ruin what? the joke we, for you. No, 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 don't tell him. Just, no, just, uh, we have to do it because it's so great for no, the no, podcast. No, 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 we're going to do it, but we're, gonna, we're not going to ruin it for him. That's on YouTube. It has to be. <laughs> oh, that's totally on YouTube, yeah. Go on YouTube right now. <laughs> like, we'll wait. It's fine. We can listen to it while just from here. Go on YouTube and just put in the Sergeant Candy scene. Yeah, just do Terminator it. 3 Sergeant Candy. Yeah. See we'll, if you can we'll find wait. that. It's amazing. It, it is astonishing. Sergeant yep. Candy Terminator 3 comes right up. Yep, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it for the first time on YouTube. Yeah, I think I did too. I mean, it's internet gold, this thing. Using the 
designs generated by Skynet, we need no longer risk the well-being of our men and women in uniform. Robots will take their place on the front lines. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Is he doing a black voice? <laughs> wow, alright, that was better than anything in the movie. I know, right? Isn't that, that marvelous? If, that had, fix it. if Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines had been a short and that was it, I mean, it's the best thing that was ever made. <laughs> I'm Master Sergeant William Candy! <laughs> I'm not sure about that accent. The fact that that's not in the movie is, is really, that's like a crime. I, I can't believe that's not in the movie. I also particularly like how incredibly on the nose everything about that scene is. Like, mm-hmm. Cyberdyne, that's ancient history! Oh, man. That's interesting. We could actually spin this into a discussion (laughs) topic, though, because I kind of, I definitely went into this with low expectations, but hoping that it would be at least fun, you know, and kind of like a campy B-movie sort of way. Yeah. And I thought we were on the right track early on when Terminatrix Terminatrix tits get bigger after looking (laughs) at the billboard. And I'm like, oh, this is the movie we're in for. Okay, I'm all right with that. Like, Uh this still has nothing to do with the Terminator, but I'm I'm okay with this being the style of the movie. And then it just, it never really does anything, like, similar to that, except this, you know, deleted scene. Right. So I feel like if they had embraced that aspect of it more, I think the movie would be infinitely more enjoyable. There are two scenes that I would, that I, like, that I always think of as, like, you know, the... That I would dispute you on that, that I think are like, oh yeah, no, that's what this movie is about. That's one, is is her inflatable breasts, uh, which are amazing. Uh, the second is Arnold's introduction scene, in which he appears to be going up to the same like roadside like biker bar, but it is in fact the uh, male strip club. Uh, like, just right. complete, complete, completely goofball, completely silly, and then having the, the uh, Elton glasses. John glasses at the end. Um, yes. No, like, that's that's fine. When we watched the second one the other last week, uh, and he walked out of the bar and put sunglasses on, I got sad that they weren't Elton John sunglasses, <laughs> like in my brain. Uh, but the other one uh, is uh, the the crane scene. Oh, I love the, the crane. crane. The chase with the crane is mm. that's that's oh my god, that's my favorite part I've, of the movie. I've forgotten everything about this movie except. For the crane scene. Because it's so ridiculous. They just... It's... it's None of that has... There's no point for any of that. No. Like, it serves no purpose except wanton, useless dis- destruction. Yeah, there's no, why. Why did they stick that crane out 90 degrees to the car and just run it through the three city blocks of Los Angeles? No reason. Just because... Yep. Because they had money to spend. Yep. That's all. I get... All right, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, but it's the still... Other, the, go ahead, Bart. There is one more moment that's not quite as silly, but it's still really damn silly, and it's the bouncy castle, <laughs> bouncing boing-boing scene. Yes, in that chase. In that same chase. But they're going through suburbia. Yeah, they go, they go through suburbia, and there's, like, a little miniature, like, moonwalk bouncy castle for one kid that's, like, in somebody's yard, and they the only reason it's there is so that they can add a boing noise a couple times. <laughs> it's the only reason. It does nothing. Yeah, it's 
pretty outstanding. It's just silly. But yeah, that's there, like... Go ahead. There is the, uh, the, the fist through the chest. That yes. I laughed out loud. I know, right? That, that was good. I was not expecting that. I liked it. But it was so fleeting. You I know. know like, <laughs> and we were talking this time. I was like, okay, no, that's great. You put the fist through the through the guy's chest and then and then drive the steering drumming. wheel. But then I was like, wait a minute. How is she operating the steering? How is she operating the pedals right now? Does she stick her legs through his legs? Or, like, <laughs> yeah. now, now you seem to be gilding the lily a little bit. Like, that seems a little unnecessary. Yeah. I remember specifically, like, those, that's my one of two, like, very specific memories I have from this movie. The first is... Uh, that whole crane scene, watching that for the first time, and Bart and I just... We lost, lost it. Completely losing our mind it's in the just, theater. It comes out of nowhere, yeah. and just apropos of nothing. No, no, it's completely unnecessary. It is just gleeful, wanton destruction for the sake of wanton destruction. And... That's fine. I kind of love that. I kind of I kind of think that's, that's fantastic. Gotta burn that budget. I know, right? Um... The other is the end of the movie, but we'll get to the end of the movie. But I, I think the stripper gag, the strip club gag, is still one of my favorites because it reminds me, uh, and I, I, don't, I can't believe I'm going to pull this card two weeks in a row, but once again, it reminds me of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you know? Oh uh, the, the nuking the fridge scene at the beginning of the movie. It's like, if you can get on board with that moment then you're going to be fine with this movie. You know, it's like that litmus test scene at the beginning of the movie. It's like, if this is okay with you, then the rest of the movie will be too. If this makes your eyes roll, you should just leave now. I'll, I'll agree with you to a point, because I... But I'm conflicted, because on the one hand, I did appreciate the Arnold and the male strip club scene, because it's funny, um, but what kind of left a... This is going to be a bad metaphor. A sour taste in my mouth um, uh. about, <laughs> about mm. the scene... And what sort of carried through the movie and what irritated the crap out of me was that it was directly playing off of the scene in T2 where he goes into the biker bar, Yeah, you know? And it seems like this movie, like a lot of modern blockbusters, including Jurassic World, which, oh, uh, yeah. nice, nice job on that podcast, by the way. Thank you, sir. Um, we missed you. Um, is like, it's a genetically enhanced blockbuster. And so what I mean by that is it, like, takes parts of other things and references them for some bullshit fan service so that people in the know can go, oh, I see what they did there. Mm-hmm. Which is like the reason I've never seen Star Trek Into Darkness because I didn't even fucking like the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. And I know you did, but you didn't even like Into Darkness. No, so, yeah, that's right. And that's one of the complaints against it, right? Is that it's just all this bullshit fan service inverting certain tropes and, and all that. Yeah. So it kind of at a certain point, this movie kind of reminded me of that because there's so many callbacks to different aspects of T, you know, ter- the Terminator and T2. And it just got like, you know, it's, it's kind of, the movie was giving itself a blowjob yeah in in my humble opinion and so that irritated me and i couldn't then embrace the fun campy crane and bouncy castle moments because (laughs) the other things were were so grating and irritating to me yeah no i'll give you that i mean i think uh i don't think it's necessarily out of line in this franchise because t2 is full of callbacks to t1 the difference is like everybody knows t2 better than they know t1 so like the callbacks like transcend the fact that they're callbacks like Right. Everybody remembers, like, I'll be back in T2 more than they remember it in T1, you know? Like, come with me if you want to. Like, all those lines that are callbacks to the first movie, like, when you say those, like, the image that everybody has is not from the first one, it's from the second one, you know? You're right, yeah. Though I think I'll be back is much funnier in The Terminator than it oh, is. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great, that's a great joke in that one. 
Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the thing is that you're right. Like in in the in the second one, it's sort of like uh, they're just sort of playing it as like, oh, he's the same robot. He's saying the same shit or whatever. Um, in this one, yeah, it feels like every one of them is like uh, cutesy. Like yeah, uh, like uh, yeah, they're they're winking at the audience. With you want to live? Come on! Yeah, exactly. They like dance around. Come with me if you want to live. He never says I'll be back. He says I'm back. Like yeah. every one of them is like a cutesy. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Huh? Huh? Yeah. No. And and then the other the other thing that sort of you know irritated me about the movie, or it was I don't know. I guess my my deeper problem with it is that you know sort of. That postmodern remixing of you know past references and tropes that that can work and be fine, but then there's nothing original in this movie. Like there's nothing that like there's nothing I will remember. No action sequences. No like nothing about the script or the characters or the cinematography, the editing, the music. It, nothing is memorable about yeah. it, and that's I think a problem in Jurassic World too. Is like for all its self-referential knowingness, yeah. like nothing is innovative or novel about it. There's yeah. no like really awesome scene like there is in Jurassic Park yeah, with the T-Rex, the T-Rex and the kids. Exactly, yeah. And, and by that same token, you know, with the Terminator, I mean, I think, yeah, James Cameron can cannibalize his own shit in T2, but then he's also creating the tanker's truck chase through the canals of Los Angeles, right. which is an iconic action scene. So, yeah. like, if there's nothing to balance out that just kind of cutesy winkingness, if there's nothing novel, then I think that's, you know, that's a failure on the movie's part. So that's that's my, you know, more serious, broader point about why I think I didn't like this as too much. But, but what are you talking about? The Terminator was a girl in this one. <laughs> oh, and fuck, fuck the Terminatrix. Here, I, I have to go off on that. I could go off on such a tangent about this, and I, if you want me to, I will, oh, but, you know, do. I don't please know if we want to. I bring it, bring it. All right. <laughs> I was trying to figure out why I didn't like the Terminatrix, because in, in principle, it's a sort no of interesting... Right, she has no personality. I think yeah. you're absolutely right, Bart, um, because, you know, Arnold, in both incarnations in the Terminator and T2, you know, he's, he's monotone and stoic, but he has personality, you yeah. know, he can't help, but he just oozes a sort of charisma and ugh, ooze, that's the wrong <laughs> verb, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He has charisma, the man, he can't help, but, you yeah. know, sort of have that sort he of, he can't be boring, uh, you know? Yeah. He can't be boring. Exactly. Um, Robert Patrick real, is a completely a different life. thing, but also has a kind of charisma to him, yeah. you know, and he's able to sort of play on that th- whole idea of the Terminator being very impassive and merciless, but there's still that same kind of like glint in his eye and a little bit of, you know, fun to it. She, as you said, Bart has no personality and that, yeah, literally. And, and that's a problem because, you know, I never for once, like I never felt afraid for the characters. I never felt like they were in any real danger. And I feel like her powers are ill-defined. And this is where my tangent is going to go. Yeah. It's, this is where my tangent is going to come in. So she can control machines, but it's like not clear about like where the limits of that are. And like, can she control a machine that's only nearby or is it like far away? And to what extent can she control other Terminators and stuff? But she can do certain things things that well, other terminators can she's she needs to do her et touch it thing <laughs> yeah we're gonna call okay. it that's <laughs> like, true make, make you make your finger glow yeah and touch it and now you can control it yeah right but then she has the laser arm too which mm-hmm. is like a new thing her, her gypsy so, danger plasma rifle yeah exactly uh, right 
So what this made me think of, and this is only because of um, a class that I taught this last semester, um, which is about Gothic literature, and we read Dracula. And if you've never read Dracula, the novel, it's very different from a lot of the movies. Um, Dracula in the novel has all these like different you know things that he can do. He can turn into a bat. He can turn into mist. He can control animals. He can. I mean, he has pretty much name a power, and he has it. Yeah. Which is sort of interesting on the one hand because it can he can be used as the ultimate scapegoat. Then it's like, oh, it's you know the wolves are howling. Must be Dracula. Yeah. You know. He's like the but Indominus on... Rex. He has whatever power the script requires him to have. Right. Um, <laughs> Superman and Superman 4. Yeah. Or 3. Or all of them. <laughs> oh, you didn't know I had a giant cellophane S that comes out of my uniform? That's that You didn't know that? That wasn't an established power? Well, I do. So, so anyway, so, and then to kind of bring it back to something that happened in the, this, I think only in the last week, um, Christopher Lee. Um, yeah. Rest, rest God in peace. Rest yeah, and so sad. Raise, raise a fucking glass of that man. He, I know, right? Yeah. Um, the Hammer horror um, mm-hmm. film, Horror of Dracula, is great. It's probably my favorite version of Dracula. Um, and what's so great about his Dracula and about that script is that they really de-emphasize all the supernatural stuff. Like, I mean, he can, he's still, the, the undead thing is still there, but he can't turn into mist. He can't control animals. Yeah. And then he never says anything after the first scene. Like, he says, like, 13 lines in the first scene, and then he's silent and implacable the rest of the time. And that, to me, is more terrifying than the Dracula that can control, you know, the elements and the animals and all that stuff. Yeah. And so I feel like... You know, to bring this back to Terminator, then, because the Terminatrix has all these powers, but there's no real limits on them, it seems like, or at least no limits that make sense or that are explained, I don't ever feel any tension when she is chasing our, you know, ostensible heroes. And in a way that I do feel tension, where Arnold is, is chasing Linda Hamilton in the Terminator, or when Robert Patrick is chasing, you know, um, the, the, the band of, uh, you know... Band of heroes, yeah. Band well, of heroes he, in E2. Robert Patrick is such a genuinely frightening person. Yeah. Well, and moreover, <laughs> like, I mean, look, clearly there's an attempt here to one-up the T-1000, who, you know, for years is, like, one of those ultimate movie villains and, like, ultimate ultimate, like, sci-fi bad guys, you know, um, because, I mean, that effects work is so great, and, and he's so great, and it's, like, it's, it's just so simple and yet awesome, and, like, that, so that's the thing, it's, like, you're right, there's, like, there's clear limits on T-1000's abilities, right, he can't form, you know, Com- uh, complex, complex machinery, machines, he yeah. can't shoot, he can't turn himself into a gun or a bomb or something like that, so it's, like, oh, if you can physically get far away and far enough away from him, then you're basically safe for a while, you know? Um, well, until he catches you. Right, exactly. In which case, you're fucked. Right. But so here, it's like, okay, well, you don't want to lose... Like, now the liquid metal thing has become, you know, like a, a staple of the franchise. It's become like a visual call sign. So you don't want to lose that. So you keep... Still have her have liquid metal, but yeah, you got to one-up it. So, okay, so she can morph into whoever, but also she can control robots and stuff and and plasma arms and, and whatever else. Um, she flips herself around at one point, which I think is kind of great. Um, although that whole fight scene between her and Arnold in the bathroom, while it does feature the sublime moment <laughs> of Arnold smashing her in the face with a urinal, um, <laughs> unfortunately, most of that fight scene is like blatantly CG. Like Arnold and Christina Logan are nowhere they're miles away. They are not on set. That is all done in a computer. Because while Arnold looks fucking great in this movie. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean that first scene 
Oh, no, he looks amazing. He looks exactly, I mean, he looks basically the same as he did in T2. It's like he hasn't aged, you know? I mean, he is in fantastic shape, and yet, he just, you know, he doesn't have, he doesn't have it. He can't, he can't do those fights, you know? So, uh, they had to, they really have to rely a lot on, on CG for him in this movie. Some um, of because, which holds up, and some of which well, and that's what really said, doesn't. I don't I know was, how it is that the liquid metal effect looks worse in this movie than it does it in does. T2. It absolutely looks worse. I don't, I can't explain that. I know there's no plausible reason why that should be the case. I don't know, like, and that's the interesting thing because I think most of the effects in in T two do hold up, and a yeah. lot, and that's an interesting thing with like early computer, you know, animation, like the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I think still look badass, you yeah, know, they look, like they look uh, amazing, yeah, yeah. Well, more often than not, the, yeah, I say, well, more often than not, the Jurassic Park, the original Jurassic Park dinosaurs are uh, animatronic or they are puppets. Like, there's only, like... they look good. Right, exactly. There's, there's only, like, there. 15 or 17 uh, effects, like, digital effect shots in that whole movie. There's, it's, like, yeah. under 20 digital effect shots in that whole movie. Uh, and that's... It's we all like, think of that as, like, the harbinger of, of digital effects, but it's just very... Oh, few I don't. Real I think of... Like I think it's... I think it's Blade Trinity, or maybe it's the second no, one. No, the second one, when they where they CG the, the CG Blade. ninja guys flipping yeah, around, right they all beginning. look like shit. Well, yeah, that all looks like garbage, exactly. Because yeah. while you could do dinosaur stuff like that, like, humans took a long time to get even remotely plausible. Yeah. Um, even the Matrix, I mean, like, uh, Matrix Reloaded was, like, the other big one yeah. there, mm-hmm. uh, with the, the burly brawl, uh, where, like... Oh, that I, was I remember, terrible. They're all wobbly. Yeah, but I remember, like, seeing that in the theater and thinking, like, no, that looks that actually looks pretty good. Like, I remember being pretty impressed with it in the At theater. The time, yeah. Yeah, and then as soon as I watched it on my TV, I was like, oh, this is garbage. Like, yeah. it does not scale down at all. Hmm. Well, I think the the dinosaurs in Jurassic World look like crap for the most part. Like yeah. they don't they don't yeah. hold up to the the original dinosaurs no, in, in Jurassic Park. Except so. for the head of the of the Apatosaurus, which is because it's real. Practical, yes, because exactly. of, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, it's a real yeah. thing that's there. Yeah, but I think even the those fifteen shots in Jurassic Park, like you know the T Rex chasing them, like yeah. that's got to be a VFX shot. Yeah. That looks fine. Like what do you? I mean, there's no. No, it wrong looks with great. That. No, no, no so it looks. Much, perfect. I think it's it looks because wonderful. there's so much going on, and there's human interest there too yeah yeah uh, there's you know and it's quick yeah you're right you're they right don't, and they spielberg don't linger knows on how to, shots yeah and spielberg knows how to compose a shot you yeah, know yeah. whereas uh whereas trevor Rowe and uh mr mostow i don't know if the same can be said well he is well, a funky man jonathan mostow <laughs> that funky man jonathan mostow uh we still what have the ex- fuck is this we still have <laughs> fun in this show okay so uh, early in the movie, there's a scene where they go to the gas station, and he's like buying, he's getting all the beef jerky. No, he doesn't buy like them. No, he doesn't talk, buy it. He just steals them. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's yes. a there's a song that's playing in the gas station funky, called funky. "That Funky Man." That funky Man. <laughs> that funky Man. Funky. funky. It is like yeah, it is so weird. And like Bart Pickett, he's like, "What is this fucking song we're listening to?" <laughs> the other special feature on the Blu-ray is the, like, outtakes, and they just run that song over the entire fucking credit. The entire outtake sequence. It's terrible. It's awful. It's, it's Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sub ninja, uh, uh, Ninja rap. Yeah. yeah, no, it's real bad. You should probably pause it. And... But to the point that, like, it's playing over the over the bloopers, and we're all going, "What is this? Fu- we gotta find this fucking song." <laughs> so Bart tries to Google search, get like, Google now, listen. Google can't find Google's it. Like, I don't know what this fucking is. And Jamie I don't want tries to. to Shazam it. Shazam can't find it. I tried to Soundhound it. Soundhound can't find it. So we're like, "Fuck it, let's go back to the credits." It was in the movie. It's got to be in the goddamn credits, right? So it's in the credits. 
And it's that's that funky, funky man with a D A T funky man written by Jonathan Mostow. <laughs> <laughs> and he never made a movie again. I know, which, which explains so much. Hopefully he didn't make a soundtrack ever again oh either. God. Uh, so yes, we will forever refer to him as that funky man. You can Jonathan also Mostow. find find that song on the YouTube's. It's yeah. there. Oh, it's fantastic. I will I will definitely put that on my to-do list. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I did expect a little more of the action though cuz I in this it's been like 15 20 years since I've seen this movie or since it came out. But you guys see U571 with the reconnaissance? Yeah. Yeah, that's a decent little World War II submarine movie, yep, and it totally. has some like memorable action in it. So I thought, okay, well, again, maybe this won't be Cameron level, you know, a movie effects and, and action, but at least it'll be fun and kind of you know enjoyable in a more gritty B movie sort of way. But no, not really. I, I you know, I mean, doesn't hold up. Just the cranes. I just love, yeah, I love seeing not Arnold. I yeah. just love seeing Arnold getting smashed through three city blocks for absolutely no reason, for no plot device, nothing. Um, I will say one other moment in the defense of the Terminatrix. Not that I really want to defend the Terminatrix because you're right; she's she's terrible. Um, because you're right, as we said, like she has no personality. Um, you know, she's pretty much just a hot blank face. Um, in fact, the only time her face isn't blank, for that matter, is when she finds the uh, bloody John Connor rag, licks it, realizes that it's John Connor, <laughs> and then gives us her O face. For no reason. Like, for no, for nobody to be like, that is her reaction. Like, oh my god, that John Connor DNA, I gotta get me some more of that yeah, she has, DNA. She has a, a target-gasm. Yeah. And it's just like, what? It's, it's rough. But it's also transcendent. It is a beautiful moment. It is the only time she has to, quote, act in the whole movie. You know that that was an outtake that they decided to put in the movie. Oh, God, I hope there so. Was, there was a, the, the original take, she was just yeah, deadpan. There, there were crew members mm. laughing off camera through yeah. that whole thing, I'm sure. Who, like, did she do anything else? Or, oh, like, I, boy, howdy. She did a bunch of Uwe Boll movies. Uh, Doctor, uh, Doctor Uwe Boll. Doctor, Dr. Uwe Boll. Uh, the Blood Rain movies, which are uh, vampire movies with Nazis in them. Um, based on a video game. Of based on a video game. game. Yeah, they were, she was in a couple of those. She's got red hair in those. Um, it's, that, and then she... She kind of petered out there. But I'm pretty sure that's how she ended up in the Uwe Boll movies. It was like, oh, she was in Terminator. We'll get her for cheap. And then it was like, the star Terminator is in our, our vampire Nazi movie. Has he made any more movies hmm. recently? Uh, he tried to, like, kickstart a movie recently and couldn't get enough money for it. <laughs> and then threw a hissy fit on YouTube and was like, fuck you all. You don't want to see real movies. And, like, quit. <laughs> wow. Wait, who who are we talking about? Uwe Boll, Dr. Uwe Boll. Oh, okay. Jeff, are okay. you familiar with our, our uh, birthday tradition that we have? Yes, where you get each other uh, really shitty movies from, like, you know, 7-Eleven? Yeah, that's it. No, 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 not no, 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 not no, 7-Eleven was just once. That was you, because you <laughs> saw them there. Yeah. We, normally there's, a, there's a, like, a long hunt that needs to happen. <laughs> and, like, a few years ago, I struck birthday gold and i was like oh i know exactly what to do and i got daily the attack pack the like four or five pack of shitty dr Uwe Boll movies and i think they're still in the original plastic yeah i haven't watched them i will admit that <laughs> yeah i'm not familiar with these movies that's, oh, that's yeah. better well i don't even know the ones that are in that pack i don't know because they're his like early stuff but you know he did like uh 
all of, basically, like, if it was a shitty video game movie adaptation that, that wasn't to. done by Paul W.S. Anderson, then it was done by Uwe Boll. He did, like, the, okay. the, dun, the, the dungeon, dungeon of the King or something, <laughs> or... I don't, I don't remember. Night of the Day of the Dawn. Yeah, exactly. Justice. The one, the one with Jason Statham and Burt Reynolds. Uh, what? Oh, Wait, that, yes. Yeah. I know this movie. Yeah. I don't, but that sounds kind of amazing. In fact, I think Christana Loken might be in that one, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh he God. did. He did a he did a bunch of those, um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, let's see what else. What else? What else do I have here? Um, speaking of shitty effects, you know what else I don't like in this movie as much as I like in the last movie are the time bubbles. The time bubbles also look like garbage in this yeah, movie. They're plaid in this one. Yeah, they have like a grid <laughs> over them, and it's like they overthought it. You know? Yeah. Like I like the yeah. simpler. Yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's sort of the same problem with the the liquid metal is they they overthought it and they tried to kind of gild the lily a little bit and and then it just backfires. Let's mm-hmm. call it what it is: lipstick on a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, yes. I would also really like to uh, call for a moratorium on the following piece of dialogue in all movies from now until the end of time. Of course. It all makes sense now, <laughs> which is said verbatim. Like when he figures out that his that Claire Danes' father is a general and that they almost hooked up when he was in eighth grade. Like that is literally his response. Of course, it all makes sense now. Let me explain the backstory. Do you like, know who my father is? I am so sick of that fucking line of dialogue. That if you are a writer and you ever find yourself typing that out, immediately walk out of the room and get a job at Denny's because yeah. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Hang in there, I mean, kitten. I will say, I love the other robots in the military complex. <laughs> the T-1 is adorable. Oh, I want to, like, pet his little head and take him home and put him in my pocket. I, I, I mean, I said it before, I'll say it again. That is the Ed 209 of this movie. <laughs> and honestly, actually, that's a really good point. It's like all that silly stuff, the Sergeant John Candy mm-hmm. thing. That's not right. Mm-hmm. William Candy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. But we don't have. Yeah. If we had that shit, and the serious stuff were more serious... We'd have... Well, I just watched RoboCop. Actually. Yeah, I was going to say, Robo-Cop there isn't the enough Paul Verhoeven in this movie, yeah. but really, there isn't enough Paul Verhoeven in most movies, yeah. so... that's, a, that's Most movies suffer from that affliction. Give the man a hand. There's another thing that we kept noticing throughout this movie, and that's... Uh, whenever Claire Danes and uh, Nick Stahl get into a jam, like, whenever they're, like, in a hallway, the Terminatrix is, like, chasing them down or stalking them down or whatever... They always have this tendency to just like stop what they're doing and watch, stand still, like, and stare run, at her. Run watch away, she stupid! Comes to kill them. Like it happens in the in the super collider uh, the hallway end. there, and then it happens in the bunker at the end, where it's like she's coming to kill you, and you're just standing there like an asshole. Yeah, I, I that scene with the large hadron collider, I. That's a, where the effects look per liquid metal effects real look bad. particularly real dangerous. bad. I mean, she had, she was using her secondary weapon that she mm-hmm. took the time to choose, which was a flamethrower. Flame yeah, I don't think fire is magnetic. I think she could have <laughs> kept shooting at them. Yeah, I just know. saying. Uh, well, let's talk about the end because the end is one of the few things I really like about this movie. Um, because I remember being kind of impressed at the time that it's like. Oh, they kind of had the balls to go for it at the end. They kind of had the balls to just be like, nah, fuck it, let's just 
just blow up the world, let's bring on Judgment Day. You know, like, because the first two movies, they spend all this time, you know, the whole point of them is to get away from it, it's to prevent this thing, and, you know, Bart and I talked about this uh, last time for, with T2, you know, this kind of almost charmingly quaint idea uh, you know, from the 80s or early 90s that, like, oh, well, all we have to do is stop this one microchip from getting invented, and then there'll be no Skynet. Like, technological progress will just stop, and there just won't be... People will never try to invent robots if we prevent this one yeah. microchip from yeah. happening, which just seems like so incredibly short-sighted, you know? It's just, like, so naive Communism. about how technology development works, right? Or any development of any kind. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of like the Such the idea that, judge, like, you know, that they're embracing the fact that Judgment Day is inevitable. Like, that you can delay it, but you can't stop it. Like, eventually... You know what I mean? I guess not to say that, like, eventually we're all doomed to die, but, like, no, no, no. Eventually, like, progress is going to continue, you know? Um, I, I kind of appreciate that. How do you feel then about because I mean the the Terminator movies? Not that I love them for their story, really. That's not why I watch them. Which is why I found it somewhat hilarious that you guys went on that fifteen minute tangent about the chronology of John Connor and Sarah Connor's, you know. Birth yeah, dates. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to not open that can of worms again. Um, <laughs> It's always been this weird kind of tension, which I've enjoyed, between, you know, no fate but what you make, and right. this is all going to happen anyway, so, you know, fuck it. Um, so this seems to come down on the latter side, like, it's all just going to happen, fuck it, we don't really have free will, or, you know, I mean, it's all in the details, but ultimately it's going to happen. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Because I feel like the Cameron Terminators are more about free will, and that that can affect a change that ends up, you know rewriting history you know so what do you you know what how do you feel about them basically saying you know this was this was always going to happen and there's no way you could have stopped it yeah i know i mean i think you're right in a way it does sort of feel like a, a very strong reversal of you know no fate for what we make that that is the like sort of central tenet of, the, of both of those movies they wrote um, in her grave in this one but at the, I was say, but at the same time you know like there is you know that's like what the characters are saying but you know underneath there is there's sort of you know, something at odds to that, because Kyle Reese comes back in time, and he gives the whole, no, there's no fate for what we make speech, you know, history isn't set, but at the same time, like, if he doesn't come back in time, then there is no John Connor, and right, so, like, right. it's all, like, a self-filling prophecy, so, like, even though, like, all the characters are running around being like, no, we all have free will, like, that was, that's what makes us human, you know, there is sort of a, an undercurrent, the whole thing that's like, yeah, but also, like, these things are all sort of destined to happen, and there's, you know, if they don't happen this way, like, these, none of this would ever happen, you know? Um, so, I, I, in a way, you could argue that T3 is sort of embracing Cameron's subtext while also throwing off his, like, you know, his sort of surface-level stuff. Um, but, I, I mean, I guess I, guess I, just, I guess I just don't mind it, you know? Nihilists. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Say what you will about the tenets of National Socialism. <laughs> At least it's an ethos. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it doesn't bother me that much, because, again, it does feel sort of inevitable, um, and I think part of that is, you know, also sort of in the way that they treat Skynet, you know, and, it's, and I think that part of that is sort of the uh, evolution of technology and the way the movie sort of treats technology from the perspective of the age in which it's made, you know? Like, you look at the Terminator, like, the actual robot effects in the original Terminator, mm -hmm. and, like, the effects work is really good, but it's like, you, it's like, oh, he's got, 
you know, like, he opens up his arm, and he's got, like, little individual, like, pistons for each arm, and, like, it all feels very, like, mechanical, you know? Yeah. It's like when I watch uh, old Star Trek, and they're, like, so many times when, like, whenever there's something goes wrong in the ship, it's like, the fuse is blue, and they've got to, like, pull these giant things out of the wall, and there's, like, smoke and flames and stuff like that. you got to climb up that ladder. And, and yeah, exactly, and the Jeffrey's tubes, exactly. So it's like, it's like a very 60s understanding of how computers work, whereas today it's sort of like, oh, no, there's just, you know, there's something, there's a bug, there's a virus, like something, something's happening, and, we you know, there's nothing I can physically do to stop it, you know? So the idea that, like, no, Skynet isn't like a computer in a room somewhere that we can blow up it's it's software it's, it's just it's out on the internet it's ultron. ultron yeah it's ultron basically um you know it's it's just it's a thing that's out there and it's all it's like it's in the system it's in the network and that's one of the other things i kind of enjoy about this movie is that those seeds are there from the very beginning that it's like oh there's this virus they keep talking about, oh there's this virus and it's like out in the civilian uh, network and it's you know it's affecting communications like her phone dies for no reason when she tries to call nine one one you know when they go to the gas station like he can't the guy can't use do credit cards because the computer's broken and his cash register that it's like as opposed to like oh no they flipped on this computer and then it became self aware when it turned on and then turned on us it's like no no it was up and it was running and it was like the whole thing was a like ploy to get them to give Skynet the control to. You know, do well, the virus is, do. I mean, the virus is never explained, though. Well, I think the virus, I think they say, like, the virus is Skynet. Like, he says that at the end, like, they're like oh, we turned on Skynet to fight the virus, and, and Nick Stahl says the virus is Skynet, or Skynet is the virus. So I think I, that, that I've, I always thought was kind of kind of great. I kind of like that, that it's yeah. like, no, Skynet was already aware. Skynet was, like, already doing stuff the whole time, and it wasn't like, oh, we invented a machine, and then we pressed the power button, and that was our undoing, even though they do make a big show of having her father walk over and press the Y key on the (laughs) the keyboard, which is also, like, charmingly 80s. Um, Why for yes? I was going to say, this this movie, in some respect, like, I I see what you're saying about, like, the progression of technology, and I think that's a good point. Um, At the same time, it feels a little bit like this movie... Is it should it should have you know been a, a two for one with the net you yeah. know like it, it's understanding <laughs> of the Hackers. internet I and know. with networks seems a little like a little antiquated even for two thousand three yeah I agree uh, yeah there is something and it's the thing and that movie's over ten years old now so you you know that just though even though it's like oh no that seems more relatable that's more recognizable to what we have now but it's still like every once in a while somebody says something and you're like oh. Adorable. Look it's at a that. Unix system. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> um, well, yeah. I mean, look. I think. I mean, uh, I, that's I mean, that's all I got. Unless anybody else has something else they'd like to. I mean, a burning desire. This movie, the parts that we remember being fun are still fun. Yeah. Because we want them to be. That's true. I mean, it's, I think it's a function of us. Yeah. There's you know a little that. bit of like you know the, wish the crane, fulfillment here. The crane you know? sequence is fun for us because we really want it to be. Yeah. And everything else is just shit, man. That's true. <laughs> the the <laughs> end. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's again. It's not a good. It's not movie, a good movie. You know. No. Uh, I would. I would. I have liked to see someone of a little higher quality than Nick Stahl in the lead role. Yes. yes. Do I miss Linda Hamilton in this movie? Yes. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Hell yeah. God, that it was interesting what you were saying last week about how you thought that it felt T2 felt slow and yeah. I totally 
could not disagree more. Like I, Cameron makes bloated movies. It's yeah. just his way. It's kind of like that. You know, you either get on board with that or you don't. You know, right, I mean, yeah. he's he's only made like a couple movies under two hours. It's true. So so that's one point. But like, I'm constantly um, thrilled and engaged watching T two. You know, I think it's I, I love all those really big set piece fights and and everything. This movie, I I kept every two or three minutes would glance at the DVD to see where we were. I'm like, oh, we're hour forty one. We're almost done. Like yeah. I could not wait for this movie to be over so this to me feels way slower and way more poorly paced no you're than, right i think the pacing than, than is anything a lot in slower. t2 yeah no the pacing is a lot slower in this one like mostly that it's the t1 uh t2 is like uh you know it's it's a sl- it's slow it doesn't feel slow when you're watching it you know like you go from like oh this you know the biker scene to this thing i think like i said they, like they break her out of pescadero and you're like oh man this movie is like practically over right and you're kind of like no no, this movie's barely halfway over, you know? So yeah. it's, like, it's not that it moves slow. You feel like you're you're flying along, and then you look down, and you're like, God, there's so much more of this movie left to go. Well, mm-hmm. you, know what, you know what I think it is with T2 versus this one? Yeah. We, were, we were noticing at the end. No, it is. Cre- it's shorter as, and feels longer. As the, as the credits were rolling, the cast in this movie is really small. Yeah. Um, there just aren't that many people in it. And with T2, the thing is that I can't imagine that the cast was much bigger. But the individual characters on their own are way more interesting. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, oh, like, yeah. when, so, like, when you don't have the band of Mary Arnold Schwarzeneggers, yeah. you get T-1... <laughs> like, like if, if you're not watching them, you're watching T-1000 doing his hunt, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and you because get a, you care yes. about T-1000. Right, because right, yeah. he's, he's interesting. When we had shots of the TX... Terminatrix doing her thing, I was like... I'm, yeah, we don't... We don't and then we got Nick Stahl, and I was like... Yeah. And and then I feel bad, for, like genuinely bad for Claire Danes. And then Claire Danes is just like, oh, she's crying like everything, again. Yeah, like she's... E- except for when her fiance dies, and then she mourns him for like literally sixteen seconds, <laughs> and then she's like, "Hey, we made out." And what's his name's basement? Mike Kripke's basement. Which your I'm... levity is good. It <laughs> <laughs> helps prevent the sense of doom. Jamie's uh, <laughs> favorite line in this movie is, "I require a cutting tool." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I yeah, know, right? Arnold has some good lines. But yeah. yeah, he has all the uh, lines. I love, like, I love Claire Danes. Like, I really, uh, beyond all reason. Yeah, like, me too. Really, like, Ever like since and, I saw her on my so-called life. <laughs> I was right here. Those letters. She is rocking the so-called life hair in this movie. Yeah, yeah she is a little bit. But like, I, the, one of the things I appreciate that. about her is that she like she never doesn't give a hundred percent like in oh, any yeah. role. Like yeah. she's the only thing keeping Homeland afloat at this point, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, and she so commits to this and is like doing like, I mean, she's way more invested than she needs to be or than any other actor. Like Rita, when she does, when she mourns her dad, like that's more, you know, more yeah. substantial. Yeah. Yep. And like, she's like, she's blowing Nick Stahl out of the water. It's just showing how terrible he is, you know, yeah. like by how good she is. So yeah, it's she an incredible some, imbalance. Yeah. She, she has some really great moments. Yeah. Like the moment at the beginning when she takes his paintball gun and throws him in a cage. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, she yeah. did really well. Like, oh, she's the leader of the resistance. Yeah. I understand now. I will say yeah. that's another thing that I kind of dig in this movie is the idea that John Connor has been already killed in the future. That that that, that Skynet sent a terminate an old Terminator to play on his sympathies and assassinated him in the future. And it worked. And it worked. And it's like, oh, I actually I killed you. Like that's kind I mean, there's like no consequence to that because it's in the future and whatever, but like 
It's kind of fun. And then you get that moment at the end when uh, he's holding the door open and Nick Stahl goes by and he says, we'll, we'll, see, we'll meet again or we'll see each other again or something. You're like, oh, yeah, you are going to meet again. He's going to shoot you in the face. Uh, yeah. Yep. But, yeah, Claire Danes almost seems like she's in a different movie. Like, yeah. just because of the level that she's operating at versus the level of pretty much everyone else. Well, I mean, so. she's, she's the Sarah Connor yeah. in this Yeah, movie. she has to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, he literally says, you remind me of my mother. Which is creepy in a whole lot of <laughs> yeah. different ways. Because but... the subtext of that is, I totally want to bone you, and it's real weird. At least they don't have a weird sex scene. You That's know? true. Real slow motion, synth-scored sex scene. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, they loved enough for a lifetime, man. Oh. They sure did. <laughs> well, he, he is a funky man. Yeah, he is that funky man. I, I they're like, so, yeah, you're right. Claire Danes is like, she's hitting it out of the park, and not only that, but like, she's hitting it out of the park with like some real unfortunate dialogue. I know. Um, like, for example, it's my father's plane. I trained on it. Oh, how convenient! Yeah, I know. I was like, yeah. there it is. Lucky you. <laughs> I know, but she's that's. I think that to me is always the mark of a good actor is that you can be given crappy dialogue. You can be given Cameron dialogue, yeah, for example, still or, sell it. or Lucas dialogue, and and still sell it. You know, yeah. and she she totally does. I never it never really rang false any of the silly dialogue coming out of her mouth. You know, yeah. she really she sells it. Absolutely, yeah, as opposed to Nick Stahl, who just sort of Nick Stahl. Does yeah, part of feel. He's the fucking Hayden Christensen of this movie. Yes, like, he, he is. is. No, he you're absolutely right. What to do with his with this dialogue? Yeah. With his well, look, he was coming off that uh, you know that Sin City High, where everyone was giving him giving him credit as that yellow bastard. Which, like, I like him in that movie. Was that He's, before this? He, I can't is be, that right? That can't be right. No, you know what? I think that's reversed. I think this is 2003. And I think Sin City's 2004. I think Sin City came right after this. Well, I think it's probably that time. Uh, I think we can all be unanimous here. Heart, heart of the Ghostbusters? There's only one option. Oh, really? I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm curious. Okay, there are two options. It's either gotta be Sergeant William Candy, <laughs> or the guy who says, we can fix it. That's <laughs> really all you have. Well, that's certainly the best scene in the movie that's not in the movie. It so. counts. It counts. Uh, uh, I think honorable mention should probably go to bloated Chris Hardwick. I was going to say that fat Chris Hardwick. My, I called. Yeah. Jessica was like upstairs. And I'm like, Jessica, come down. It's fat Chris Hardwick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a delight. I completely forgot that he was in this movie. And we were literally watching at midnight like, right before we watched Terminator. So uh, I, I was I almost fell over. It's like, ah, that's amazing. Yep. Part of me also wants to vote for the T1, because I love that goddamn robot so much. You can't have a drink with the T1. <laughs> I know, I know, I can't. So, you know who I'm going to go for, actually, is, if not if not Sergeant William Candy, yeah. is uh, MC Ganey, inexplicably there as the bouncer at the strip club at the very beginning, who Arnold, like, hits in the face with the door. Oh, like, that guy. I love that guy. That guy's in fucking everything. But yeah, I get on board with Sergeant Candy. I'm going Sergeant Candy. Jeff? Um, I'm really tempted by Fat Chris Hardaway. I know. Especially because he gets all those, like, really cliched computer hacker lines, yep. you know? Um, it's, really, gotta, it's like the system is thinking all by itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his delivery. You you got that right. Like, <laughs> completely correct. Um <laughs> I, I gotta. I mean, I know it's sort of main character, but I gotta. I gotta go with Claire Danes. Okay, right. uh, I That's go with, also I mean, totally fair. Yeah, I would yeah. have a drink with her, sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, she's in some dire 
you know, situations in this movie. But once she gets over fiance dying, I'll swoop in as I did with my own current fiance. And uh, <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> like a goddamn gentleman you are. That's yep. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, T uh, three in the bag. Uh, so it's in the river now too. Let's get yeah, this yeah. bag in the river and move uh, on. Like that, like that beer that he drops in the river for Indeed. no reason. Uh, so uh, that means that next week we have. Uh, oh God, we're gonna we're gonna brave the waters of Terminator Salvation. Have you seen that one? Jeff? No, I haven't, and oh. I don't know. Is it if it's worse than this one? I don't know if I can do it. Oh, it is. Well, it's worse than this one in that it is. It's, it's really self serious. Yeah, you know? it doesn't know how bad it is. Yeah, oh. which is no, like which, fun too. I mean, that is absolutely the redemption of T three is that it knows it's not very good. Yeah, and like clearly it knows. Otherwise, they wouldn't try all the stupid gags that they have. Yeah, um, but T four. It, they're trying real hard no, to be like I mean, the gritty, serious, like action movie, and, and they got Christian Bale right in the height of all the Batman stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I he, think, he was already Batman. Yeah, he's time. already Batman for sure. I think it was probably between Dark Knight right. and uh, and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's the peak. I mean, Dark Knight was arguably the peak of that. Of that. Oh yeah, tur- totally. Uh, and isn't it, it's in the future, it's not in the quote-unquote present day. No, I mean, yeah, it's all in the future. Yeah, it's all, uh, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all in the future, it's all post-judgment day, there's no, there's no time travel in it. It's literally just John Connor. It's a period piece. Like, you know, and the resistance fighting robots, that's all it is. Yep. Which is interesting, because, like, you know, I, I've always loved, you know, I mean, as a child of, you know, someone born in the mid-80s, like, I loved Terminator 2. That was, you know, the first one I saw, and I just absolutely adored it. And one of the things that always, like, resonated with me was all the future stuff. And you always yeah. kind of wanted some more future stuff, because exactly. it's really yeah. good. This is and, the movie that proves audiences don't actually know what they want. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, you know, I mean, maybe you just needed someone else to execute it. Maybe you needed Cameron to do it right. I don't know. but like, it, This I, is a I, McG movie. Yeah, I I feel like you know that that has potential that that premise, but apparently it doesn't you know doesn't fall through. Well, they they get it gets really weird. I remember it's just there are weird things that they were trying to do that didn't work. Yeah, Um, Uh, and I also realized uh, that I was wrong last week, or at least I think I was wrong when I was talking about. Uh, when I thought that Bryce Dallas Howard was in T3, and I was like, oh no, she was Claire Danes, like she replaced Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, I'm incorrect about that, I'm pretty sure. I think this was always Claire Danes. Bryce Dallas Howard plays the Claire Danes role in Salvation. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, weird. She plays that character so in Salvation. So weird to believe that Claire Danes becomes a young Bryce Dallas Howard. And that Eddie Furlong grew into Nick Stahl, yeah. who grew into Christian Bale. Christian Bale. I actually, Man, he was a late bloomer, that I guy. I know, right? <laughs> I actually believe Eddie Furlong into Nick Stahl. Like, watching Nick Stahl's movie, I was like, no, he actually seems kind of like a grown-up Eddie Furlong. Like, I kind of buy that to a certain degree. I do not buy Christian Bale at all. Uh, well, I think I think that should just kind of wrap us. I think so. All right. <laughs> I mean, how long did we go last. on this crazy yeah. thing? <laughs> have you no decency, Jonathan Mossow? You may not have decency, but he is that funky man. That funky, funky man. That funky man. God, it was so bad. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Well, it was uh, menthol. It was menthol. Not regular.
thank you guys for being here. Uh, it's you know, great. a pleasure as always. Great. Um, let's be real. <laughs> it was adequate. <laughs> I'm starved for company, so I just like to guys, even if it's virtually. It's you, can, you can title this this podcast Terminator 3 or Jeff Schwartz, A Portrait of Desperation. <laughs> Not far off. Well, we'll have you back again in the future, perhaps not for Terminator Salvation. Oh, no, but, no, uh, no, no. You have to come back now. Well, we should <laughs> we should certainly get you back for Gen- for Genesis, at the very least. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Good. You're going to be so mad. It, oh, You're going to yeah. be so mad. I know. Oh, I know I am. I'm, I'm real excited about it. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, all right. Well, uh, thank you guys for being here. A pleasure as always. Uh you can, of course, find me uh, at mdaily01 on the Twitters. Uh, and then, of course, the blog is dailyscreening.com. And the podcast you can find on uh, SoundCloud and on, uh, Facebook, on Facebook, on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Well, you can find it on Facebook. Yeah, you can, in fact. Uh, please rate us and review us and so on and so forth. And subscribe, more importantly. We've had fun talking. I hope you've had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. know how to play. Rock it out, shake it up. on it, on it,